Well, good evening, everyone. Sorry, um, apologize for the lateness. Um, we are um, uh, a little behind this evening. Uh, nonetheless, we'll um, <clears throat> take our time this evening, uh, spending our time looking over the scripture this evening. Uh, hope everyone is having a, a good week. Um, of course, uh, drawing to the close, the ending of, of the middle of the week. Uh, so, uh, a little cold and, uh, hopefully it'll, it'll start to warm up a little bit. We've started to see kind of a little bits of spring, um, and hopefully, hopefully things will begin to warm up. Uh, this evening, uh, we're going to spend a little time covering, uh, part of the verses that we read, um, in devotional text this morning that I sent out, um, over there in Second Thessalonians chapter three, um, we'll go over that. Uh, but first, uh, we'll start in a word of prayer. Uh, Dearly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your many blessings, Lord. We ask that you would uh, open our hearts and our our minds, Lord, and our eyes to see the things that you would have us to in your Word, Lord. We pray that you would uh, help us to have a more thorough knowledge of your Word and how we are to apply it to our lives and be more pleasing to your service. We ask that you be with those that are on our hearts and minds, Lord, in need of prayer. Uh, we, we especially remember uh, those that are in, in need of healing. Lord, we ask that you would uh, bless our efforts here, Lord, and uh, help encourage us and strengthen us, Lord, to do your work. We ask all these things in your Son's name. Christ, we ask. Amen. So, um, we'll look at Second Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3. Um Starting there in um, the first verse, uh, we'll read down through uh, through the chapter there. It says, Finally, brethren, praying for us and the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did also with you, and that we may be delivered from pers- uh, perverse and evil men, for all not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. And may the Lord direct your hearts in the love of God and into his steadfastness of Christ. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep aloof from every brother who leads an unruly life and not according to the tradition which you've received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example because... Excuse me. Because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with labor and hardship we kept working night and day so as that we might not be a burden to any of you, not because we did not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model to you that you might follow our example. For even when we were with you, we were used to give orders give you this order, if anyone will not work, neither let him eat. For we hear that among you, some are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now such persons command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work quiet fa- uh, in a quiet fashion and eating their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary for doing good. And if anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, Take special note of him and do not associate with him so that he may be put to shame. 
and yet do not regard him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand, and at the distinguished mark in every letter, this is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Of course, here I am reading from a different translation of the New American Standard Version, uh, but nonetheless, the the context that's that's in the in the King James Version is uh, still there. Um, one of the things I'd like for us to pay particular attention to tonight is um, he starts off his exhortation, uh, uh, this this third chapter, closing out the uh, the letter. He says, "Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be glorified." just as it did also with you. And we may be delivered from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. This is the the, the text that we sent out in our devotional today. So I think this is a, I mean, a, a, fitting, a fitting thing to, to start off this reading with. Um, I think it's, obvious here he says Paul Paul wanted uh, them to pray for him pray for them that, that were spreading the word of the Lord that it may it may spread rapidly uh, I think this is something that we should pray for um, because after all people look to us um, as the Lord's people um, when we speak and when we do things and when we um, Act accordingly. I think this is something that we need to be uh, sincerely praying about. Um, he says that we may be delivered from perverse and evil men. Absolutely. Um, we pray that the Lord would would deliver us from these people. That maybe He might He might cause them to see the error of their ways too. I, I'm not particularly that this verse is saying that, but I, I think that's that's very applicable. Says, but the Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. So, not only praying for for the word to spread rapidly, uh, but that they would be able to be uh, protected or delivered from from these people that would seek to do them harm. Because not not like like in this world, not everybody has um, the Lord's work on their mind. Not everyone has a desire to serve the Lord. But maybe the Lord will reveal to us those people that would would do us harm or uh, seek to do us evil in our in our service. Um, we're I'm thankful that the majority of people um, are not uh, hostile to over, overly hostile, hostile to us in, in in the country that we live in presently. But it's not that way in in every other country. If you don't believe me, just talk to Brother Minoj, um or some of these other brethren that are overseas that 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 uh, uh, struggle uh, with with the people that are around being hostile and wanting to do them harm. Uh, the other thing is is to consider, he says, uh, he says, we have a confidence in the Lord concerning you that you, have, that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. What Paul and, and, and the other disciples there were, were commanding them to do were, were things that the Lord... Uh, uh, convicted them of and uh, through the spirit um, so their teaching and the exhortation here was for them to continue doing these things which they told them to do um, 
how many of us can say the same thing that, hey, keep doing what I'm telling you to do because this is what we're supposed to do. Um, I think we ought to pay special attention to exactly to what we do because what we do affects our other brethren and we're going to get into that in just a minute. So says, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. May the Lord open our, <laughs> direct us to do uh, into the into his love um, one of the things that we should uh, really consider is the fact that our God uh, is a loving God he is a gracious God but also he is a God that has expectations for his people uh, so examining the scripture what is it he says to do keep yourselves clean keep yourself set apart do what I command you to do. Um, we had some discussion uh, amongst some of the, the preachers and pastors today regarding uh, things that we partake in. You know, there's some things that we shouldn't partake in. And uh, we know that uh, just in today's society, things that were uh, are acceptable more than they were so many, many years ago. Um but we're not to participate in those things. Uh, does it mean that we withdraw from society completely? Absolutely not. That is not an excuse for us to be uh, uh, hermits um, or be isolationists. Our directive and goal is to spread the word of God and to live an example and a life before all men that, that Jesus is our hope. He goes on there and he says, and may direct you in the steadfastness of Christ. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep aloof from every brethren who leads an unruly life, and not according to the traditions with which you received from us. Uh, one of the things that um, you need to understand is that when it says keep aloof there, it means to withdraw uh, oneself from, from a vicinity of of, of a brother that leads an unruly life. What does an unruly life truly mean? It Well, according to the, the Strong's Concordance, it means irregular, disorderly, or neglectful of duties. So disorderly, we, we, we know, uh, or at least I do, by definition of the law, um, what disorderly conduct is. You hear somebody gets brought up on charges of disorderly conduct. Typically, they're drunk, and they're causing a scene in public, uh, tearing up public property or uh, uh, accosting someone. Um, so uh, we think of that typically as disorderly. Um, but that can come in a variety of fashions, at least in my own opinion. Uh, living an unruly life would be, by definition, the Lord's service would be uh, participating in a lot of those things which the the, the world finds acceptable uh, one of those being drunkenness one of the I mean uh, things that we participate in getting angry fighting causing all these problems I know of course we ha we deal with anger anger is an emotion uh, but that's not an excuse for the Lord's people to do do the, the things the rest of the world does we need to uh, place these things under subjection to God but he he says specifically here, Keep aloof from every brother who leads an unruly life, not according to traditions which you've received in us. He says, withdraw from them. 
don't don't get caught up with them. What do you what do you think the purpose of that is? Guilt by association. But he doesn't say cut them off. He says withdraw from them. He and instructions further down there says, um, let's see here. He says verse eleven. He says, for we hear that some of you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work a quiet fashion, to eat your own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good. Uh, and if anyone does not obey our instruction and letter, take special note of him and do not associate with him so that he may put uh, be put to shame. And yet, do not regard him as an enemy, but an, uh, admonish him as a brother. Hmm. So what's the purpose there? Uh, the purpose there is, is, is to withdraw from him, is to, is, is to cause that person to see the error of their ways. They're going to they're gonna figure out, hey, everybody's left me alone. Uh, what's... What what did I do wrong? What what's what what's going on? And a lot of times it would cause somebody to have some introspection there and look at themselves and go, uh, you know, I ran these people off. Um, I know by by uh, experience when I'm grumpy, uh, if I say something that upset somebody, somebody, you know, may avoid me. Typically, uh, after a minute of, of, of quietness or something, I, I'll realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, um, and, and go back and apologize to the person. I mean, the, the intention of of them withdrawing from your presence is to cause you to see the error of your ways. Um, so the intent and purpose here is that if we're living a godly life before our, before all men, as the Lord would have us to. When we withdraw from our brethren that are disorderly and uh, unruly, uh, it's the purpose and intent is to cause them to see, not to, not to mean that we're not to say something to them or, or, or to encourage them to do the right thing. But he goes on there. He says, "Do not regard him as an enemy. He's not your enemy. Your brother's not your enemy, but admonish him as a brother." So, not. That doesn't give us an excuse to just completely withdraw and just let them fall off the face of the earth. No, we, we're still accountable. They're our brother or sister in Christ. And to admonish someone to is is to uh, encourage them. Uh, it's to caution them gently, to put them in mind, to warn them. So, hey, hey. <laughs> You know, you shouldn't do this because it's going to cause you a lot of pain and suffering. Donna's going to, uh, Donna typically will, will, will get on to me when I'm, when I'm grumpy and say, you know, you ought to think about what you're doing. What, why are you so grumpy? You know, uh, or why did you do that? And initially it causes me to think, Hey, there's something wrong here. Um, and it causes me to think, okay, I need to, I need to change my actions. Number one, I love my wife, and my wife is uh, definitely uh, my better half. So um, I'm very thankful to God for her, and I know many, many of our brothers and sisters feel the same way. Um, so that's the that's the intent and purpose of what a marriage is to help is to encourage one another, strengthen one another, and we're 
uh, we are better together. I know I'm better now than I was before Donna. <laughs> Thank, thanks to God. <laughs> so uh, let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. First Corinthians chapter five. We'll read all thirteen, uh, all thirteen verses there, uh, starting in verse one. It says, "And actually reported that there is immorality among you, and immorality is such as a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles. That someone has his father's wife." Uh oh. And you have become arrogant and have not mourned instead in order that the one that would have done this deed might be removed from your midst. For I, on my part, though absent in the body, but present in spirit, have already judged him who has so committed this and as though I were present. In the name of the Lord, you were, you were assembled, and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for destruction of his, uh, of his flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that what little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven that is that it may be new, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Christ our Passover also has been sacrificed. Reference in last week's short 15-minute sermonette kind of goes hand in hand with that. It says, let us therefore celebrate the feast with not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the, but with the leaven of sincerity and truth. I wrote to this letter to you not to associate with a moral person. I did not at all mean with the immoral person of the of this world, or with covetous or swindlers, or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. But actually, I wrote to you to associate not to associate with any so-called brother if he or she, if he be of an immoral person, or covetous, or adulterer, or reveler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church, but those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from amongst yourselves. So, specifically, he says to withdraw from the one that, that, that is in your midst that's doing these things. Uh, the scripture here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 doesn't, doesn't put on airs. He, he says it. You've been lifted up. You haven't taken care of this person. But rather, he says, I've already judged this. This guy's going to be handed over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. He's saying, you, you guys need to take care of this. He says, otherwise, you're going to be corrupted by this man. And you're going to be... Uh, just like just just like corrupted, just like the rest of the world. But he says, Let let us therefore celebrate the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice or weakness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So let let's examine a scripture on that. What is this what what does that mean? It means do what you're supposed to do, get rid of this get rid of this guy, put him out from amongst your midst, because he's gonna corrupt you. He's gonna cause you uh to be, to be just like the rest of the world. He says, but, he goes on there. I told you not to, not, uh, but not by means to, to, 
I did not at all mean with the immoral people of the world. Not to associate with the people of the world. He says, no, you need to, you need to, you need to go and deal with these people. He says, because if not, he says, I, I, I didn't do this for the purpose of you leaving, you know, going out of the world. We're supposed to go into the world and preach and teach these things and show people that there's a better life for us. So we have to associate with these people. We have to go out and 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 deal with these people and show them, hey, there's a better there's a better way out there. The Lord the Spirit of the Lord convict them. See what see the life that, that we live or hopefully we live and and that they'll be convicted of those things. Uh, but he says there but actually I wrote to you not to associate with the so called brother if he should be an immoral, a covetous, adulterer, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one, withdraw from his presence. He says, why? He says, what do I have to do with outsiders? That's not what this is. Regarding, it's regarding his people. He says, I've already judged outsiders. He says, Remove him from your midst. Get him out of here. Then you go over into, into 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians reviews that instance we just talked about over, over in 1 Corinthians. He goes on, he says, Verse 4, it says, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you that with many tears, not that you should be made sorrowful, but that you might know the love which I have especially for you. But if any has cursed, uh, caused sorrow, he has caused sorrow not to me, but in some degree in order not to say it's too much to all of you. Sufficient for such a one is this punishment which was inflicted by the majority. So that on the contrary, you should rather forgive and comfort him, lest some... How such a one is overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Wherefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. For to this end also I wrote that I might put you to test whether you are obedient in all things. For whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed, if you have, I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for the sakes, for your sakes in the presence of Christ. In order that no one... Uh, no advantage be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So, he says, reaffirm your love for him. So, when we withdraw from someone's presence and we uh, hopefully cause them to see, um, hey, this is not acceptable. This is not the way the Lord's house functions, nor the Lord's people. And uh, it's not for the purpose of, uh, of, of completely cutting them off and them never having anything to say or do anything to him. I, I mean, uh, for some intents and purposes, the, uh, the practice of shunning is uh, way over-abused, in my opinion. Uh, when you shun somebody, you don't speak to them, you don't even acknowledge they exist. Um, it's practiced in, in a lot of cultures if, if someone is deemed unacceptable um, or they've done something that's not in accordance with their social customs or manners. So, you know, he says there, Distance yourself, don't gather with them, but show them what it is that they're supposed to do right and admonish them. And then he goes back here, he says, this person, when they when they exercise judgment on him, it made him sorrowful. 
And he realized, oh, and he, he repented, but it seems like they were still a little relenting there. And he says, no. He says, reaffirm your love for him, lest he be overcome by excessive sorrow. We can exercise uh, church discipline on on members that are not living uh, appropriate lifestyle, but it does not give us an excuse to uh, not minister to them and not admonish them in their life. And because why? Otherwise, they're swallowed up by the world, and we're just as guilty for letting them just float away. We need to encourage them and strengthen them, and and try to show them what the proper way is. Now, if they tell us to go on, and then, you know, that's a whole different story. But it doesn't give us a, an exception to, to spiritually beat them to death where they uh, no longer uh, have, a de- have a desire to come back and be reconciled in the future. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 16. Romans 16, verses 17 through 20. It says, Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eyes on those who cause dissension and hindrance contrary to the teachings which you have learned and have turned away from. For such men are slaves and not of our Lord uh, Christ, but of their own appetites. Their smooth and flattering speeches, they do deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. And the God of peace with all will soon crush Satan underfoot. So, he says, keep your eyes on those who cause dissensions and hindrances, contrary to teachings. What's the purpose of that? We ought to, we ought to be mindful of those people that do cause problems. Why? Because, well, what you what you tie yourself to, you, you partake in. Uh, you can be uh, very easily uh, led astray. So, doesn't mean that we. It means just to, to keep an eye on them. It doesn't mean that that uh, we need to be careless with our with our relationships and with our um, interactions with others. We need to keep our eyes on, uh, especially on on those of the household of God. Why? I remember as a kid when I could get myself in trouble. There were some times that my brother, because of, you know, he cared about me. He didn't want anybody to know at the time, but because he cared about me, uh, sometimes he said, "You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that." Well, I mean, uh, in that part of our relationship and the Lord with one another is that we cause we were to. We're to watch out for one another. Uh, but he says there, this purpose particularly, he says, uh, keep your eyes on those who cause dissensions that are that are contrary to teachings which you've learned. Turn away from them. Don't, don't participate in those things. He said, for those men are slaves. They're, they're, they're enslaved to what, uh, to their own appetites. So they're given over to this. He says, but I would rather have you be wise in what is good and innocent of what un- not, not understanding what's evil. So the encouragement there was for them to, to, to be careful what they endeavored in. 
to be careful how they how they interacted with the things that they did. So let's look at Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five verses four through thirteen. It says, and there must be no filthiness, no silly talk, nor coarse jesting, which is fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know uh, certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man or who is an idolater has an inheritance of the kingdom of, of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly of darkness, and now are of light in the Lord." Walk as children in the light, for the fruits of light is consistent uh, consist of all goodness and righteousness and truth. Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, and do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, indeed even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all those things which become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. So the the uh the admonition here was that we're to be imitators of, of the Lord, of course, uh, there in those first couple of verses. But he he tells us to be careful how we participate in things and what we do and what we say and uh, the things that we've come out of, the, out of this world, we're not to participate in them. It doesn't say that we won't be, we won't see them happening, but it says not to participate in those. Um, again, if... If we were to withdraw ourselves completely from the world, what 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 good would we do? Jesus, Jesus walked out and dealt with these people that were that were not uh, of the of the the, the best. Uh, why? Because these men uh, deserved an opportunity to know the, that the Lord was good, and that there was an opportunity for them to have a life in Him. And not to be uh, put into everlasting uh, damnation. I mean, goodness, we we have we have the same opportunity to not partake of the Lord's service, but uh, we better use every opportunity to take uh, to not to take advantage of. It's a horrible way to say it, but but to, uh, but to serve the Lord. So be careful of the things that we participate in and also amongst ourselves. Not that when something like that happens that we completely cut them off and never have anything to do with them. But it says there to admonish our brethren, to encourage them, uh, but not to not to find that, that uh, behavior acceptable. So I, I would encourage us to look at the scripture. Don't, don't take my word for it, but you need to study it as well. Um, look at the word and, and encourage you to study it. And, you know, look at these things and uh, look at the scripture and and learn it too. Pray the Lord will show give us the understanding that we can come together and, and be a better people uh, than what we have been. I'm not saying that we're all horrible, but, but we are always, um, we should always be seeking to grow and, and, become better servants of the Lord. There's always room for improvement. So I thank you for your kind attention this evening and hope that this has been a blessing to you. 
Uh, and uh, everyone have a good evening. Uh, if not, we'll, we'll bow our heads and close in a word of prayer. Says, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day, and we thank you so much for the word that you've given us, Lord. We pray that we would wield it accurately before uh, all men, Lord, uh, that we would uh, you would give us the understanding that it need that we need to encourage and strengthen and uplift one another, Lord, and uh, Lord that we would not uh, uh, stain the that your your presence in this world, Lord. We ask that you would forgive us of our shortcomings and lead God and to protect us as we go through this week. We pray that you would uh, increase our health and our understanding of your word, Lord. We ask all these things in Christ's name. We pray, Amen. Everybody, I hope you have a good a good rest of the evening and a good week. And uh, don't forget services on Sunday morning at 10 and Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. Uh, I hope that you have an opportunity to be there. Um, and for those that are afar, uh, thanks for joining in. And uh, I hope this has been an encouragement to you. Lord bless you all and you'll have a good evening.